Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy. The number one fuckboy. The number one fuckboy. Johnny G. John Gabris joining me as always in the High and Mighty studio is my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout. Hell yeah, dude. Premium content. Thanks for subscribing, man. Please click like. Uh, also joining me in the High and Mighty Studios is returning guest, uh, formerly the most recurring guest on High and Mighty, still might hold the title uh, due to some bad decisions of the past, Ben Rogers from the Action Boys podcast and Sean Clements from Hollywood Handbook and other episodes of High and Mighty as well. Guys, thank you for joining me here. <laughs> I'm, I mean, obviously... I should have my dog here for this particular episode. And of, of all the dogs to be but here, he I is have put a, He is at sleep. work with his mom, and uh, he will squeak a toy a lot on Hollywood Handbook because he comes to those recordings, and, and people will hear it. And a lot of people will write, even my dog can enjoy this show. Oh. Because they get excited about the squeaking toy. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. There was one time... That we were doing a teaser freezer, a segment on Hollywood Handbook for all the high and mighty listeners that don't know. Uh, we will break down a movie teaser for the audience. And in the They can get teaser, this on the pro version, right? Yes. Th that is where they can get it now. Uh, we stopped doing that stuff on the real show. So um, in the teaser, someone rang a doorbell. And Bosch, who was sound asleep, like on the other side of the room, and only could have heard it through our headphones, jumped up and started barking like super aggressively <laughs> and visually, and it scared everyone. And then I also was mad at Hayes because he refused to admit that it was because of the doorbell. Like I was like, well, he's never done it before, <laughs> and and he does do it when someone rings the doorbell, like at our house. Yeah, and so it was, and he's like, he couldn't have heard that. Like, he's all ears. Should we make a podcast for dogs that's all like knocking and like yeah. people and well, skateboards dog TV. going already by? Dog TV. My Arthur Arthur would not be a fan of dog TV either because he he barks at dogs on TV and horses mm. and sometimes orcs. Like it's weird because sometimes orcs something that would only come up for you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Why well, he barks at the? To be fair, he barks at the urukai, but not really at the traditional orcs. <laughs> Grab that blue ball underneath you. This is all. Uh, this is a podcast for dogs at this point. Is that what you want? Sean and I were at the dog park and we saw a German Shepherd that had three balls in its mouth. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> I thought that sentence was going a different way. Literally every word. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, saw this German Shepherd who had three legs, three balls in its mouth. Like I could not yeah. guess where it was going to yeah. end. It was we, fucking... well, and it looked like he had two in his mouth. And we were like, is he carrying two? And then when he opened his mouth and put him down, three came out. Yeah. It was like, and then he picked up all three. He was yeah. like, well, back to, did back he to work. Did he have them like in a row skee-ball style? Or were they perfectly no, triangle? One was, yeah, one was underneath. Yeah. One was underneath and two. Yeah. <laughs> That's so 
awesome. It was like they were propping his mouth open. <laughs> it rocked. You get a dog over the dog bark, he just opens his mouth. It's like Jaws. There's like a license plate and a boot and shit. In there. Now, to bring us back around to topic, this is the first season of Bosch that's come out since you've gotten your dog named Bosch. Correct. And named for it was really Herodotus. It, it definitely, I thought about it constantly. Herodotus. I'm not going to remember what it was as I said it. The whole show, it, like, it continually made me think about your dog. Right. It was, it was so, weird because, yeah, I yeah. only I met Bosch in between these two. I mean, we all did. <laughs> I met Bosch shortly after Sean did. Well, and we had decided during season one of Bosch, which my, my wife and I started watching, and she pointed out, like, Bosch would be a good dog name. And I was like, yeah, we got to get a dog named Bosch. And then, and that was during season one. And then I think throughout like season two, we started going to rescues and meeting dogs. Is this Bosch? And yes, that's right. And being like, are you Bosch? Because we had to find Bosch. Oh, like, interesting. It would, like, we the knew name the name was Salt. The yeah. dog. I'm sure if you would, if you would have fallen in love with a different dog, that yeah, maybe fits and there was, else. and I came close to you would have had like a little this, like female dog, Jay which Edward. obviously we would have had to, yeah, name Jane or something. But we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> some stupid ass name like Jane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a chump. Um, but Some we, name like Jane or something. Who knows? But we, yeah, we would have had a different name in that case. But uh, as it stands, we did find a good boy, and then his name was Bob. And he is not only is he a great dog, great name, much like, uh, but also fits his name. Yes, Bosch I think seems so. to, not at all like Harry Bosch. No, he's different. Yeah, he's but he's different he, kind of guy. He, yeah. He's made Bosch his own name. He's yeah. Bosch like, but yeah. not Harry Bosch like. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes, <laughs> and the the character and the dog are different in many ways, but they have some similarities as well. Um, before they we... both love jazz. Yeah, well, that's the thing. <laughs> I can't tell you how often mm-hmm. I come home and Bosch is just grooving out to some <laughs> some fucking pepper. Yeah, or like Charlie Parker, just like mm-hmm. go like doing a solo and oh, just yeah. fucking getting lost in it. Well, and... he'll tell me to go and do something, and he'll go, "Oh, and uh, turn the radio up while you're at it." There's a Ben Webster so- solo coming up. <laughs> And Bosch is super opinionated about the best food around LA and is also pretty good at directions. <laughs> he knows turn by turn directions just about everywhere. And and he it's not the best food because it's not high end food. No. It's more hole in the wall divey food around yeah. LA. But he'll be like, this I'd is much the best. rather have. Yeah. He yeah. Was- <laughs> he'll be like, this is the best chicken. This is the best like taco stand. I, I know he doesn't away. like to talk about it, but your dog's mother was a prostitute, correct? Well, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I you know he he's a rescue. I, yeah. He's a rescue. <laughs> right. Yeah, he was born in an orphanage. Yes. Essentially, yeah. I mean, he was born in a shelter. Mm. But you have tracked down and killed his his mother's killer. Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> Man, if I found who abandoned his mother, his mother was abandoned, like tied to a post somewhere, oh, and, like, and then brought into a high up. kill shelter, and then when they got her into the rescue, right. she had puppies and he was one of the puppies and there is some connection to mayor garcetti well it goes all the way to the top (laughs) that's been the issue for me is i'm kind of bumping my head against the ceiling of where my investigation can go i don't have Uh clearance uh because these are extremely powerful people involved but yeah it's uh garcetti is involved garcetti it's yeah i I don't like to say his name because then it kind of he sicks his hounds on me (laughs) what if we talked about Bosch only through the lens of only your about dog, the dog for yeah. like the entire time. People no, no, are like, well, no, let's do it the super structured way you had planned, Gabrus. What's the uh... Uh, so here's the super structure? We're in the Bosch pit, <laughs> <laughs> the only Bosch after show that comes out after five seasons has come out once. We're not doing any more episodes yeah, about Bosch. We've learned, we learned our, our fucking lesson. I, ta- I learned my lesson, unbeno- and unfortunately, you guys had to learn it a Alongside me, mm. that that was not as fun as we thought it was. When we did Banshee, yeah, that for, was the, pretty for the miserable. worst season of Banshee, for the real diehards of High and Mighty. If you have not happened to listen to our special spinoff of the Fanchies, where we do ten, I was doing two episodes a week for ten weeks. Of a, barely knew how to do a podcast at this point. Yeah, <laughs> it was done. bad. We all said the same thing over and over again. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yes, we did. We you only had one episode worth of points to make, and right. we just did it again and again. Yeah, <laughs> we just kept having in more and more people to sort and, of embarrass yeah. ourselves. In and front we of. watched more and more, and it was a bad season of the and show. And it was the worst season of the show. <laughs> yeah, so it was getting... A- yeah. 
we uh, we like painted ourselves into the corner as like at episode Super three. Fans. I was like, this is great. I'm not enjoying it. And for you guys to not get to be <laughs> absolutely destroying something is is a lot. Um, before we get into uh, talking Bosch, into the Bosch bit, I'd just like to read a few negative reviews oh, of my great. podcast. Oh, that'll be I fun always enjoy these. Yeah. yeah. So as always, if you rate me five stars and roast me in the comments, I have no idea if this shit even registers anymore. I don't think I'm getting any new listeners or climbing any charts. But don't say that. Give it a shot. You know, just rate me five stars, roast me in the comments, and I will How read many it. Listeners, yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. I I can't tell. Thirty thousand. On some episodes, and a little bit more on others. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot. Okay, here we go. Uh, this is from Will S. A. Taylor, R.I.P. Gabris in our ear and in our ears and our hearts. I'm really glad that I can listen to this record of the late John Gabris. His combo heart attack stroke weren't much of a surprise to anyone. He was a really great comedian, but unfortunately, he didn't take enough time to actually exercise. I think this is a great way to remember him. Love you forever, Gabris. See you one day, unless you're burning in hell. You talked about your own diarrhea and your own dumps too much to get into heaven. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my priest. to talk about somebody else's <laughs> diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> In confession, I always brought up like talking about diarrhea is the worst thing I ever did, and it's talked gonna, about my uh, own instead of <laughs> someone else's, my father's. Uh, <laughs> don't covet your neighbor's diarrhea. Um, all right, that is hardly a dig; it was mostly a compliment. I'm sorry, Will S. A. Taylor, but I'm going to edit that out. Not really. I'm not doing any extra effort. Um, <laughs> this is from Melon Sliver and our Melon Silver. And the uh, title is A Real Nobody. It is really depressing that Juan Gabby is only funny on when he is pretending to be someone else and otherwise had no discernible talents besides interrupting more successful people when he is himself. Not only does no one know who you are, you don't even know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. I do appreciate if someone just learned the English language that the first thing they do is comment on my (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Do you have a big audience of English as a second language? I have a big a lot of the people who write reviews are clearly just woken up from a coma before the doctors pulled the railroad spike out of their temple mm-hmm. and they're like got to type something and they this is a record for Rogers having to pee. Oh no, you're grabbing the dog. <laughs> I was like 5 minutes into a podcast is a new pee break. All right, we'll do one more see if this is any good and uh the uh, the, uh here to and you're talking about the railroad spike uh it's the uh, Phineas Gage review. Oh, ooh, dude. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, deep cut. Yeah. A little sight clay. Uh, this is, uh, the review is called Coroner's Report. I wonder what this is about. Uh, from Dr. Paul Kersey. <laughs> Rogers, if you oh, had that. Mr. Gambrinus, the deceased, was discovered at the Crenshaw Boulevard Taco Bell early this morning. The bloated whale corpse was found on the toilet wearing a leather choker with a sour cream gun jammed into his rectum. Based on the ejaculate-laden burrito wrappers and pictures of Steven Seagal strewn about the bathroom, the presumed cause of death is misadventure by attempted autoerotic asphyxiation, as he was unloved and unwanted by all family and friends. Taco Bell has agreed to process his 400-pound carcass into Mexi-Melt meat, bone meal filler, and 200 gallons of fryer oil. Wow, okay, that's just the end of it. That's it, it just ends there. That's funny, man. Hey, guys, hey, I'm going to be not fat someday, and then what are you going to talk about? That's what I say as a tear strolls down my cheek. Yeah, I'm not going to be fat forever, man. And by the way, I'm 301 now. Bones. Boy, this gimmick. It's uh, it's kind of losing steam. I mean, it's lost steam at episode like forty, but yeah. I, it's losing. Like I'm not even. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. either hurt too much or don't even phase me anymore. You gotta wonder. Do you stop? <laughs> That's an, I, do you stop doing it? <laughs> I know, what I gotta want. <laughs> Here's the thing. The problem <laughs> is if I stop doing that. And it's crossed my mind. It's like the only thing I do on the podcast. Okay, <laughs> right. That's right. There is no longer any thread at no that one. point, and the podcast is just a drift. Yeah. <laughs> you won't know when you're doing the podcast anymore. Right. It's just yeah. It's like there's so little to this thing that I, I have thought about getting rid of this because I don't even really enjoy yeah. someone. Someone tweeted at me. It's becoming the Mark Marin uh, stuff up top, oh, and yeah. that's like exactly what I thought I was doing. But now I don't want it. I kind of 
But then at this that point, that is what you thought you were doing. Like you were like, oh, good. Let me do this part the of stuff. the Mark Maron podcast <laughs> that everyone yeah. skips yeah, uniformly that's a, that's since day I, one. That's all I listen to. <laughs> I don't really get like comedy or like comedy. Yeah, I don't get the fucking <laughs> interviews. Who wants to listen to the interview? I want to like. I, 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 I want to know. Stand, I liked him as a stand-up. I like first. his coffee commercials. Yeah, I, mean, I, I want to hear about his coffee, and I love hearing about his. Well, cat. I don't like the coffee because he talks about his own diarrhea too much. Yes, pal. Um, we kind of did it instead of cats. We talked about our dogs. Oh yeah, we're at the dog ranch. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it's I will. A thin line between me and Mark Maron. <laughs> I think also this just sold me on getting rid of reading the negative reviews. <laughs> yeah, maybe come up. You know what? Come up with like a new gimmick or a new way to request reviews yes, so that yes. it's not this, but so that there is still a segment at the top. Yeah, just so you have an anchor. <laughs> Just so I have something Get to, you going. to make my podcast different than, uh, you know, listening in on like a conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> make my conversation a little bit different than a wiretap at a fucking developmentally disabled fraternity's lodge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that it's not just eavesdropping on three men with diagnosable social disorders. <laughs> Uh, oh no one can figure mine out. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because yours is com- yours is complicated because it's social, psychological, and biological. Yeah, and sexual <laughs> and psychosexual. <laughs> I wish they could figure it out. Oh yeah. man, yes. Just I've been to have somewhere. a label for it yeah. would make it so much God, simpler. So much I've been to the top neurologists and prostitutes. Yeah, <laughs> no one I can wish. figure out what it is. Oh. God, I wish. Oh, yeah. Fingers Listeners, if you think by the end of this podcast, you know what Roger's psychosexual trauma might and be. Is this, and is this for another month, dude? <laughs> In your reviews, leave a diagnosis for Ben Rogers. Yeah. Leave him a five-star review yeah. with a theory a on what precisely yeah. is wrong. Rate mm. me five stars. Explain what's wrong with Ben Rogers. Yeah, in the if you're guns. a neurologist... <laughs> Psychologist and we, and we or mix prostitute. it up every every yeah. month. You know, you have like a refillable thing, like yeah, a new is, person, and yeah, it'll yeah. give you a nice little timeline, sort of like a photo album of the podcast. When twenty years from now, when we're all still doing this shit, uh-huh. <laughs> twenty years from yeah. now, yeah. when uh, we're shot up at a podcast convention on a boat or some mm-hmm. shit, yes. <laughs> when Hollywood Handbook's reuniting twenty years later for <sighs> Warped Tour on a cruise, we all fucking <laughs> hate each other so yeah. much. The podcast cruise. <laughs> We're getting all the best podcasts together. The Action Boys are going to be there. Nick Weiger's going to be there with the AI that they uploaded Mitchell to. It's going to be fucking wild. <laughs> Weiger's going to be performing with like a fucking uh, Tesla coil that has Mitch's voice. <laughs> Everything he's ever said has been uploaded to it. We can sort of create an algorithmic comedian. The Sklar holograms are going to be there. <laughs> Uh, we were able to clone more Sklars. We've got 10 of them now. <laughs> and Pete Holmes. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking, he's Pete Holmes it. as the guest on every one. Oh, what a cruise. Pete Holmes is the guest on every, every podcast. Every single podcast. That would be, that would make it. That's a hot weird. ticket. Yeah. Oh, that would make it so Shit weird. Shit would get too weird, I would argue. I would, yeah. mm. I would barely be able to enjoy my burrito. All right, let's talk Bosch. We're back in the Bosch pit. We got the dogs oh, yeah. in the house. Um, why did we all connect to this show so quick? You guys both turned me on to it. I mean, I were, you and I were... Uh, Early were, adopters. We were fascinated by the billboards. The, the billboards, yes. Yeah. The every- billboards were the first thing. Yeah. We, and I say, and I have read some of the books, and I do say I read the books, but I, I did not even really know about the books until the show full disclosure because the billboard said Hmm. every murder tells the story of a city right yeah it's like it's something along those lines and then was it i was just driving with you and i we just had like a long bit argument where i was like does every does every city i was like i was like not every murder like i get i get what they're saying i get what they're trying to do but (laughs) no way every every murder doesn't tell the story of a city and ben was like no it does it does and like and then we just had like a really that was long. really long. And then I think you texted me a picture of you about to press play on it. It's like I guess I'm gonna find yeah. out. Yeah, you know, prove me wrong, Bosh. Uh, and I think also Grace independently was like, I think I want to watch Bosh. And I was like, Is that the one that 
says every murder tells the story yeah. of a city. Is that the and one about like, an old guy who looks good in tight t-shirts? Like mm-hmm. that's like all the poster gives you. That was like also Banshee was pretty much a poster buy for me. Also, too, to be honest. also discovered because Grace was like, "Hey, we should watch this show, Banshee," and had liked the poster. These are two that she she turned us on to both of right. our shows, and I can't even turn Tiffany on to either of those shows. I went on to just like take them on my own. Well, know? yes, and it's un- unfair in a way because I don't know that I could turn Grace onto a show if I wanted to. I think that she it would just it, it has to be her suggestion. Maybe maybe this is unfair. Right. Oh, I hope she doesn't listen to this. Um, but anyway, she, she <laughs> don't don't uh, worry. I'm in the doghouse, baby. <laughs> I'm. I'm trying to think if I've ever introduced a show, but both of them were excellent suggestions that we've got really into. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that I I knew it from the billboard and the bit I had done with Ben made me more open to watching it, <laughs> started it, and pretty immediately was like, okay, I'm in. It's like a slightly amped up like quality wise law and order yeah because it's a powerful procedural with like fun characters everyone is old which i kind of like which is kind of new for a show where like most of the characters are way older than me yeah i think ben didn't you say like when i'm watching it i feel like i'm my dad or something like that (laughs) because bosh is like he appears to be like late fifties or mm. something, and is the toughest guy by far in yeah, the entire he's, city of he's, Los Angeles. He's faster than his like twenty eight year old partner. Yo, he's yes. he's five four, sixty one years old. He doesn't, and he the, doesn't look ripped. No, a, you know, in any he pr- looks good. traditional. Yes, no, he's he, he looks, looks like he's ex special forces at least. But yes, he's yeah. <laughs> the backstory yeah. is that he's he's ex special forces, and he has like a tattoo of like a mm-hmm. pair of jacks on. It's like he has the mm-hmm. worst tattoos. There look like. They're like pirate cartoons. Now I think yeah. Titus Welliver really has those tattoos. Does and he? I think he's continued to get the ink like throughout the course of filming the show. No way. Yeah. I, I think he has like really melded himself with the character of Bosch. I could see that. Cause, uh, isn't that sort of like a stolen valor type thing? The special forces tattoo and stuff? Uh, well, I you know, maybe I'm talking out of my ass. I no, no, no. It sure, could be. But, I, but it's I, possible. I, I mean, will it say seems, it, it just seems. Titus Welliver is a, a weird Twitter follow. <laughs> oh, really? Strange. I don't know. I, I don't follow him. What, oh, yeah. You don't doesn't he like retweet like Stephen King writing like, Titus Welliver is Harry Bosch. He retweets like, exclusively people saying that and a lot of stuff about like how what he's doing for the police is very good. <laughs> you know, like an accurate representation of the hard work that the police force puts into protecting our city. I and like that, one actor. And then he like that. retweets that. I'm when like, they get like two, the same thing happened to, uh, what's the guy who played Major Dan in Forrest Gump? Oh, Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise, Gary Sinise yeah. got really into like, it's the troops. We got to like give back. Like where he got like just two down the rabbit hole of <laughs> yeah. like we gotta help the Identifying vets. With I'm it, Lieutenant yeah. Dan, and I'm <laughs> right. You're like, no, you're Gary Sinise. Yeah. You're gonna do CSI New York for ten seasons. Um, actually, Titus Welliver. I mean, the dream obviously is get a photo of my dog Bosch with Titus Welliver. Oh yeah, wow. um, or with Maddie, his daughter. Yeah, maybe um, even better. That might be more fun. <laughs> but Titus Welliver uh, recently graces law partner and Hollywood lawyer extraordinaire Lev Ginsburg mm-hmm. met Titus and told him all about Bosch. Ooh, because he in was his- legitimately excited, apparently, in the retelling. He was like, that's great. Like, just like, uh, was super stoked. I feel that like he would be pro. Bosch. Like, yeah. he's very. He's retweeting people talking about yeah. the character. He's very proud of that game. Yeah. Also, my parents met. Michael Connolly went to a book signing and made him look at pictures of Bosch. And I think he was like polite, but less excited. Yeah. <laughs> was like, was like, oh, cool. That's how I met Harry Bosch yeah. is actually a pretty tough guy, Mr. Yeah. Dog. <laughs> Bosch is named for my best friend in junior high who I watched die in front of me. Harry Bosch oh, okay. was a Vietnam veteran, and this is just a pretty cute puppy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Harry Bosch. Uh, what's he a veteran of? Because it Vietnam makes sense for his. It was book, originally but, Vietnam, yeah. and then they had to change it for the series. Because I know in in the books there'll be like he'll be like walking through a swamp to like spy on someone, and it'll be reminding him yeah. of being in Vietnam. We don't get any of that where he's in like Palm Springs, being like, "This is just like Fallujah." <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but uh, we do get in 
this one season, the season that just aired was season five, right? I think it was four. I think it's four. four yeah. Oh, then season three is the one where he goes toe to toe against actual special I think forces. Three guy. is my favorite because of that, where yeah. he's kind of going yes. against people with his background, mm-hmm. and they're kind. And one of the dudes is sort of like a burnout surfer, and it's, they're bringing dishonor yeah. to the troops in his mm. mind. I think. Yeah, so he's like, but they have all this training, and so it's a delight to see and it him. Comes yeah. a little bit more of an action movie in the final few episodes right. well and, and that's true of season two as well yeah. so season one is an outlier in a way because he's following a serial killer and it's not it, it, it the villain feels a little more hokey and mm-hmm. you spend a lot more time with the villain in that season yeah. than you yes. do in the other seasons who is the serial I, killer again Ronaldo Waith or something. He would oh, kill yeah. like he male like, prostitutes and yes, yes. Female, and I guess all no either gender prostitutes. Yeah, right? he had a van yeah. and he would like kidnap people into the van and he right. would like duct tape and and kill them. But he he was like super arch and I think played a little bigger than some of the characters in the later seasons. And I also feel like. I got into it through that and I did have that feeling you were talking about of like it's sort of like dad porn or whatever mm-hmm. and um uh and also the other thing that season one established that I really do love about the show is early on you go oh god that line's kind of a cliche like they're sort of doing like a really like boilerplate like cliche cop thing right now but then you realize no they're gonna do all of that like there's so there's zero shame or like irony to any of it there's no awareness that some of this stuff has been done before and it's so pure like it's done with no embarrassment yeah Uh, yeah, that you i start to like it there's something really sincere about lay off the hot dogs will you wilson you're gonna become one well i mean it's like the i always always, barrel yeah (laughs) yes i always cite this but in season two i one of the very first scenes is literally like the chief sliding his badge across the desk to him and going, try to hang on to it this time, Bosh. Like, he's just getting off suspension for this big... And I'm like, man, that is... Those are usually the best interactions that hit it, exactly like you said, are between him. He has a... a, a the female boss? I yeah, name, she... Yeah. I, I can't remember her name, but her their relationship is great. Yeah. Where she is kind of like... A de facto babysitter, like mother figure for his daughter. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't play as like the fun stopper cliche at all. Like she's comes across. No, she's uh, got a real look- soft spot for him. And she's kind of like knows that he's a good cop, but kind of can't yeah. stop stepping in it. But yeah. part of the thing it's I like genuine. about this is that they all like kind of admit that Bond, she's like, everyone is going, ah, I'm not, he's annoying, right? It's a little like, bit of Even bu- like his closest yeah. friends are like, I don't know, he's kind of like a scumbag weirdo. He's kind of like House. I, I, yeah. I don't know, I didn't yeah. ever watch the yeah, show, no, but it's that's like- That's true, it's very it's similar where it's like, he's a- He's a total hard on. Yeah. Like he, like everyone who works with him thinks he's like difficult and kind of a prick and like, you know, so- uh Socially has sort yeah. of no awareness because he's so mission focused all the time. But he, they're unfortunately like, he, for them, he's very good. Well, it's, yeah. I get results. Right. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. too good. He's, he's the best. Um, and he's a celebrity. They've played this up more, I think, in this most recent season. He's a celebrity in LA. Yeah. Like it'll be like, Bosch is the head of this task force, like so, like a civilian is <laughs> yeah, saying right, that. Yeah, like, well, then why'd you put Harry Bosch in charge? Yeah, of when it? like the Black Lives Matter kind of stuff that they were right. doing this yes. season, <laughs> and, and it's and everyone Bosch? knows yeah. him. Uh, well, because that's an through, element. We, that's why do an I have element. to keep dealing with you, Bosch? <laughs> <laughs> with uh, an element of the whole storyline, I guess, and is that they made a movie based on one of his cases is part of his backstory so he was like at least wealthy at one point. I don't remember the name of his house but he lives in a famous LA house which is is a good thing to bring up also is that it's shot in LA and they use the full buffalo. They use every landmark in Hollywood. Yes. It's will, Hollywood homicide. They go through every they're standout at Pink's place. Hot dogs. Yes. Like any any sign you recognize from someone's Instagram. Every corner. If you yeah. live in LA, it's very exciting to watch like them fi- go report to the crime scene yeah. at Cactus Tacos. Or the or, craziest one was the Los Feliz Little Doms. golf course diner <laughs> yes. to me. Because I used to live right by there in Atwater. And I was like, is he eating at the diner? 
that's attached to the pitch and putt. And oh, okay. Feel like no one eats there. For me, my, my the one that hit the hardest was the Dupars in the Grove. Oh, I'm yeah, like, that. I can't believe but he's that. there all the time. Yeah. Right. And that's Dupar's like, so, I'm sorry about what yeah. happens at the. Uh, <laughs> right, 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 right. Like, that's insane to imagine oh, yeah, that yeah, happening. Yeah. <laughs> He ta- yeah, he talks about Dupar's having the best pancakes all the time in Birds, which is right next yeah. to UCB. Yeah, and he loves like, Birds. He loves Birds, and that's in the books, too. In the books, he, he loves like, Birds is one of his go-to do we, Does yeah. he live up in Beechwood Canyon? Does he like live up above the, yeah, in the hills? Yeah, he lives in the hills, hills above yeah. there. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so you said before that the serial killer sort of like stood out a lot in season one? Yeah, well, because uh, seasons two and three follow a different model that I like better. Where it's like one where, case, but... Yes, you and you sort of know who did season it. Season four too. Uh, yes, and season four, although there's like more yeah. interwoven threads in season yeah, yeah. four, but two and three is kind of, you know what the crime is, like he kind of finds a body at the beginning. You know who did it pretty early and then it's Bosch trying to build the case. And it's a little more similar to The Wire in that way. I mean, right. not with like the sort of novelistic prestige or whatever, <laughs> right. but like the um it's like the wires cliff notes if you really want yeah yeah i mean they do yeah they they do uh some sort of like complicated dilemmas for him where he has this evidence but how do you get it into court right, and right. how do you make the other detective discover the thing like right. uh cuz it's not his case but he has a personal stake in it always so all that stuff like Especially in two and three, where it, it's so much more into the procedure and like two, the realities of two, life. they try to do a noir kind of postman always rings twice type thing with um, the woman who played on well, uh, Jerry Ryan, Jerry yeah. Ryan. Yeah. She she's, was she was oh, on yeah. um, super beautiful, and she's sort of like this. Um, she's like a femme sexy fatale. widow, femme yeah. fatale. Oh, right, right, right. And, I remember that. And one, And that's yeah. really fun. And then season three is more like. Bosch versus the department yes. where he's he secretly knows information but can't justify how he got it legally so he can't tell anybody and his partner Jay Edgar who's fucking great in the show oh yeah uh, but he and he has the information because he has this like super personal axe to grind against this guy who's involved in the case and for him you know in him exposing that he has it to anyone it's like it totally tarnishes his character right. to his partner and everything. And I got to say, there's another thing about the show. It immediately gets flushed out of my brain. I, they uh-huh. all kind of blend together and I can remember the big moments. Exactly. But otherwise... Well, in season two, there's like a chain machine gun being used in like a Sherman Oaks parking lot. <laughs> right, right. And, and that, I mean, that is so insane like like and it looks crazy when it's happening but they're sort of just going like well of course it escalated to this yeah and it's by like a guy who's like a security guard at at like a gated community you're right it goes out of your mind so fast it's that weird like sort of procedural element to it where you're like it's t- it's one super long episode more or less yeah. but I, yeah. I, real uh-huh. quick i wanted to say i think the reason that serial killer stands out so much for in the first one, there's something about the acting style on Bosch where it feels like a dry run. Like every scene feels like, okay, I, that that looks like blocking. Let's do it again. But everyone, try your line. It's extremely flat. I mean, I think it, you know, somewhat intentionally. Uh, yeah, because yeah. be, they because they cast Marlowe from The Wire. They're trying as his to get partner. the realism of The Wire, but it, right. the world is just way too. And fucking, it's Wire people involved, yeah, right? Yeah. Like Eric Overmeyer was he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think that, and they and they use a lot of the same casting. Obviously, Lieutenant Daniels from The Wire is essentially the exact same character <laughs> right. in the Bosch yeah. world, which but, is a yes. little. Confusing. He's also the exact same yes. character he was on Fringe, and arguably the TV show corporate. <laughs> right. And lost. And long, yeah, he's like, the, um, <laughs> the authoritarian boss with the deep voice. There's like a weird under delivery that I enjoy. And Jay Edgar being the peak of that. But even Crate and Barrel, who are the two biggest characters on the show, every line is delivered sort of like kind of you know there's no gravitas to well, anything it feels which like I they enjoy. might be you go like they might have cast real cops right. like, these guys might yes, be retired yes. cops that they just gave i would believe and, I, it. and i'm action boys would, fans you will recognize barrel as being uh he's he's in cuffs he's in he's, yeah, in he's, a, he's a demolition man cop. Yeah. Yeah. they like ripped those two guys off for brooklyn 99 <laughs> right like those are like the most cliche like the two dumpy cops trying to get out of everything i love the guy who um 
is always sitting at the desk. You know what I mean? Who's the going? Oh, yeah, I, yeah, gotta, yeah. I gotta kick this guy. You're gonna charge him or he's not? Like, yeah. you know, like he's, he's like a receptionist. So yes. he's like the fucking front desk. But he but knows every, yeah. everything. But everyone's everyone's yeah. boys uh, with him. The gray haired guy, yeah. right? Yeah. He's like Bash. There's a guy in waiting room too. Says like he usually has his yeah. glasses on his yeah. on his forehead. <laughs> yeah, he's but the, the chief best. is he's like the the chief is like their confidants together. You know, it's like yeah, well that's up to Bosch, isn't it? And she goes, isn't everything? You know, like it's like they're like gossipy. I love and Bosch is yeah, Bosch is a great character too because he's like he's like a superhero because he's always right. Yeah, <laughs> like he's, yes, he's yeah, always, always like his gut is always right. He's, he's like literally and, never wrong. Yes. He's never felt like they just keep putting him in worse and worse situations, and he's still always. Yeah, correct. he's got the action hero thing where even the the, the successful things other people do are his idea. Yes. Like, yeah, he's walking everyone. He's yeah. always like pulling the strings yeah. for right. like yeah. helping he, people figure out yeah. their shit. He's like deserving of credit for anything that positive that happens in Hollywood, in <laughs> the city. Yes, yeah. yeah. And like you guys said about him, where it's like everyone kind of acknowledges that he's sort of an asshole. It's like because he has an actual sort of code that he lives by, and often you know he's doing the right thing, and it looks to someone else like he's just jamming them up, right? And he never explains to anyone yeah. like he never goes like hey i'm doing this because of this like it's actually for your own good right. and the, <laughs> like he always just like lets his actions speak for themselves right. in yeah. this way he could that, easily go he could easily uh, gr- grease the groove a little bit to yeah. get a little bit of favor from someone well, one of the scenes i just watched in this most recent season is like you know jay edgar goes up to someone who's like hey what you did like goes a long way with him and they're like well he wouldn't say that jay edgar's mm-hmm. like that's why I did. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Like this woman is getting a compliment on from Bosch via Jay Edgar. Mm-hmm. Jay Edgar's character talk about the, his, I can't even do his delivery because the second you try to talk like him, you are already putting in more effort. He's yeah. so effort. He's just like, I don't know, Harry. Do you think we should maybe grab the notebook? Here's like, and a, yeah, on the wire, so. it was unbelievable as this care as the, when he was Marlo, this young up and coming drug dealer with right. all this mystique right. to him, and like the less he did, the better because yeah. it was just like, who is this guy? And then on this, he has to have scenes with like his, you know, yeah, ex wife. He's trying to reconcile with and his kids, and and but we're they, already living they, together. They have these people <laughs> yeah, who. That's the line that made me laugh so much this season. But I thought we were back together. <laughs> we like, are back together. Well, we are. <laughs> Eventually. Uh, but I was he, just helping Harry out. <laughs> <laughs> but he and the daughter are both like incredibly flat delivery, and it works really well in some scenes. And then every Doesn't once in a while, they get and, stretched. Where you go, like, I was this season was going like, oh, Maddie's like been, a, she's better. Like, I feel like in other seasons, it really stuck out that she was like, she's a child actor and yeah, she's yeah. not, you know, uh, as charismatic as some of these people. But then they have her dealing with this incredibly heavy emotional thing. She has to do this huge, like, heavy lifting scene. And you go, like, oh man, they put too much on her oh, in this most recent season there's a moment where I'm like oh my god don't tell me she's solving her mom's like you know like they Ugh. gave like they had to give everyone too much of a plot I thought in this last season I'm like I don't need to follow Maddie's case like yeah. I'm here for I'm here for Bosch just use her use her like every other is that when she just went for a long drive yeah. she just wanted to <laughs> find you, her shit in the well, desert yeah. yeah and it was like she she calls him and goes like I'm just gonna go for a drive, clear my head, and he's like, "Where to?" And she's like, "Just, just leave it, boss." You know. And then I was like, "What's she really doing?" Yeah, that a was big, it. A big <laughs> she went of, for a long yeah. drive. Yeah. yeah, like their relationship is pretty much all based around food and like where to eat. And um, I love they talk about like I brought home sushi. Sushi leftover doesn't count. He's like, it's sugar fish. Yeah, they love <laughs> that. The LA had to be added, right? Like this, like that's not that can't be from the book. No, it's it can't so be sugar fish. So, yeah. Yeah. But it was a good like extension of like, yeah. well, Bosch now would be into sugar fish. Right, he would. Yeah. <laughs> the, going to the, I think a big part of why this show hit me so hard too was I think I started watching it shortly after moving here, right, to, to Los Angeles, right. and Los Angeles, like a joke we make on Action Boys all the time is like. Uh, you know, I think you could say that Los Angeles is a bit of a character in this, but mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. literally will hold on a frame 
where they'll show like a stakeout of two cops in a car, but within the frame will be visibly the street sign telling you it's Vermont right. and Beverly. Well, or they're telling, it's, like, they're, they're, it's like we don't need that much information. I, yeah, I mean, they're telling the tale of a city. Uh, <laughs> well, murder. each murder does. Each yeah. murder and, tells. And I've been proven wrong yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did prove it to be uh, true. The the murders do tell a tale of a city. <laughs> well, and and the reason and it that is they quote, say it is a direct quote from Bosch. Well, and they say every murder because the thing that he says all the time is basically everyone matters or no one matters. Mm. Like every murder because, you know, his mom was a prostitute. She got killed. I wish they would talk about that a little bit more. And, <laughs> yes. And this is something that I had to do some digging to find out. But she got killed and it got treated as like just some prostitute got murdered. Right. Who cares? And now he is a homicide detective and he never lets that attitude yeah. take over in the bureau where it, it doesn't matter who it is, how it happened. No, don't get. They all matter. It's just so fun to like, because the show is based on a book, like imagine the like pitching, like. Yeah, he's a cop, but he's super wealthy because uh, they made a movie based on his life. So he has the coolest. He loves food. He's special forces. He's 60. He solves every case. It's murder. And it's like, you'd be like, get the fuck out of here. This is so much for one character. But because it was already a book, it's believable. And I fucking can't. I'm so jealous that they get that much information. And if there are any Banshee fans, there is a real treat that pops up in season one where um, Hoon. Yes. uh, appears uh as yeah. reggie reggie is um now married to bosch's ex-wife and he gets some skype acting i'm blank was his name four. joe in in banshee what i don't remember name? what it was it was a woman's name in banshee right hoon lee are we talking about Hoon's yeah the that's hoon? the actor but the i thought oh fuck i can't believe matter. it i thought it was like a female's name right oh no he just fuck and uh, i thought he had like a hacker name Oh yeah, it's vortex. <laughs> it was like yeah, it was like zero football. cool <laughs> acid. Wait, what? What is uh, zero cool? Is an actual one from hackers, right? I think so. Yeah. Isn't also the other one like acid drip or something yeah, like that? <laughs> um, but he's great in it, and it's fun to see him play. Job, su- Job, Job yes. It's fun to see him play such a drastically different character than he did in Banshee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's, yeah, he um in Banshee he was like a sort of like cross dressing okay. badass. Yeah, and uh, then in this when you first meet him, he's in a tuxedo and he's very like hello, Harry. How, what are you doing? <laughs> he's here? a very sophisticated Hong Kong educated, you yeah. know, uh, 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 like gambler, I guess. I guess he's a pro- professional <laughs> yeah, poker player. Well, this is uh I thought they thing. met through playing poker. Possibly, yeah. Because He's Harry's ex-wife sort of is CIA. She's an FBI She's an profiler. FBI, yeah, that Who, is that left to become a professional poker. She player. retired and uses <laughs> her, it's such her a, profiling <laughs> skills to read players yes. at the table, uh-huh. making her one of the best poker players in the yeah. world. It's insane that that's not the TV show. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. that his ex-wife has the more interesting, more succinct. And she premise. doesn't even play like normal tournaments because there's not enough money. Right. She plays kind of back backroom cash yeah. games. Yeah. yeah. And Sean, your pre- one of your previous appearances on High and Mighty is the poker episode. You're a big poker guy. I I do love poker so and I love the the realism of the way they present the poker world. In season four, they have a great poker where she makes that big monk that big uh mo- like tough guy white guy just like gets so angry flips the chair and gets up from the table mm-hmm. all because she just fucking calls everything about him it's like okay we get it she's good at poker um, I, I, yeah guy that guy's poker. overplaying it the scene's too long yeah. he yes that that i remember that was a very good scene <laughs> Oh, finally, a break from Gabrus just ranting on and on to hear Gabrus rant on and on about his favorite underwear brand, Mack Weldon. To be fair, they're also his favorite sock brand and undershirt brand. Also, top two sweatpant brands as well. Sorry, Mack Weldon, I gotta be real. Um, I love the silver underwear, you know, and I swear it's not because they're antimicrobial. It doesn't hurt, that's for sure. But the fit of the double XL silvers are fantastic. I'm assuming the small, medium, large, and extra large fit wonderfully, according to 
if you're one of those sizes. Uh, I'm looking forward to trying the extra larges eventually. Still might have to get the crotch taken in a little bit, if you know what I mean. Um, guys, Mack Weldon, they're comfortable. The socks are awesome. I highly recommend checking out. You can get 20% off your first order if you go to MacWeldon.com and enter promo code MIGHTY. And then if you don't even like the underwear, you can return your drawers. Well, no, you can get a refund without returning your draws. That's what it is. You can return your draws to me, and I'll give them a little hidey-ho, say what's going on, and then toss them because I don't need your underwear in my life. But here's what you can do, gang. You can buy a pair of underwear, and if you decide you dislike them, which I would be hard-pressed to believe, that's how confident they are that you're going to like Mack Weldon. They'll let you keep a free pair and get refunded. So at least get a free pair of underwear. At least try getting a pair of underwear. Go to MacWeldon.com, promo code MIGHTY. Guys, since phones have been invented, all I do is look at it at airports. Traveling, my phone is a major part of my travel life. And now, of course, also is luggage. That's an important part of my travel life, my phone and my luggage. But recently, I just got an away bag from these guys who make the perfect luggage. They are uh, obviously a sponsor of this podcast. I'm reading their ad. But... I already love my suitcase. I can't wait to bring it with me to Bonnaroo, to Clusterfest. I'm going to be rocking my away suitcase at all the top podcast parties and showing off because this thing is feels indestructible. I have yet to really test that, but it's strength, impact. It's very light. It looks pretty freaking cool. And it's got, most importantly for me, it's got these compression things so you can just like uh, pull it super tight to press down your clothes for us overpackers. Um, but to be fair, I'm not an overpacker. I can bring two pairs of pants, but because of the size of them, to get two, a pair of pants that can fit on my body is like folding up a parachute. So it really takes up a lot in like a small carry-on. But thankfully with the compression system, bing, bing, the wheels work amazing. There's a combination lock. And then as I was saying earlier about phones, this thing comes with a built-in charger, okay? Powered by a USB cord. So you can charge your luggage while you're at the airport. Or if you can't find a plug, which I never can, Luckily, my luggage can charge my phone. A single charge of the carry-on will charge your iPhone five times or a similar smartphone, maybe. Um, guys, it's uh, you get a 100-day trial, free shipping. The sizes all are great. I have the smallest one, and it's plenty for all my big clothes. Trust me. So do yourself a favor for $20 off a suitcase. Go to awaytravel.com slash mighty and use promo code mighty during checkout. So for $20 off a suitcase, go to awaytravel.com slash mighty and use promo code mighty to get your away suitcase. Who are some of your favorite side characters? Because, uh, again, because they all blend together. One of the guys I love, I think introduced in season three, the rival older right. la uh, Latino cop who doesn't like Bosch. Robertson, right? Robertson. Robertson. Yes. Santiago? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So, and he's got like, he's a big part of season four too. Yes. But he's, uh, of course, like him, everyone, yeah. eventually on Bosch's side. Yeah. yeah. He's he's just a rung below Bosch, so there's a glass ceiling he can't get because Bosch will always have the job he wants and Bosch isn't going anywhere, so it's very frustrating. And he kind of, he's, he's almost as good as Bosch where he can smell when someone's dirty, yeah. he's picked up that sixth sense through being a veteran yes. cop. He's well, like, and he oh. has a history with the other with the other unit that they're like investigating in yeah. this most recent season. Yeah, where I think he there's some bad blood where he had to leave RHD. Yeah, he left RHD because he maybe didn't want to do the kind of shit that they were doing. Yeah, um, I will. I like him so much because he is, they just made him just like Bosch, just remove the badass part of it. You know what I mean? Like they just made him a little softer. And then they sort of set up this plot line that he like fucks this like six foot two punk rock bartender. Yes, at, that's uh, right. And, and they goes, kept it the alive in this yeah. season as if we were wondering if that <laughs> yeah. relationship But we, we actually saw it further along, right? Yeah. 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 Now, yeah, I, I don't What's think What's the name of the bar? That, it's a famous bar. Well, he goes to every bar that she works oh, at. Is it the Smog Cutter? Smog Cutter. Yeah, yes. which is yes. close. 
Coast. Right. <laughs> she go, he goes Small to the, all the bars she works So at. whatever day of the week she's working at whatever bar, he goes to that specific bar. Um, so he's not just <laughs> hooked on the smog cutter. He goes to wherever she's working. Right. And you think like, oh, he's just a weird old sleazy guy when you first reveal that connection. Then you see that she's kind of into him. And then you're like, oh, okay. And then in season four, they're like in a car together at one He's point. a great actor. Mm-hmm. He almost got um, Jules from Pulp Fiction. He had a really good audition for it, and I, I, the, so the legend goes is that Samuel Jackson had flew back to L.A. to give another read because he was afraid he was going to lose the part to him, uh-huh. and he plays Jules' replacement in Pulp Fiction. He's the guy that goes with John Travolta to um, go get Bruce Willis oh, shit. Uh, after he mm. sold out the boxing fight. So he's had a bunch of small, great roles. And he's I, really it's good cool that he show. got this yeah. great part. Yeah, he's got a cool, like, distinctive look and I, he's a good actor. I love his partner. I think his partner is the most real Oh, he's the best yeah, on the show. He seems yeah. super authentic yeah. because he's, like, out of his depth a little bit. Like, he's, he's trying to figure yeah. it out and it feels very real at all but he, times. But I think he's, like, you're, he's, like, the audience proxy too often he's just yes. kind of like wait what do you think is going on like yeah, yeah. He's and like, he's got like these like grunt jobs to do where right. they're like go he's, search yeah. the park for the bullet uh-huh. casing he's <laughs> like an entire episode yeah. right yeah <sighs> okay yeah. yeah it is funny and it is funny that those two like veteran old cops have like two sharp dressed young handsome black dudes as their partners in a way but i think that dude does a generation. great job he get he as an actor, I think he gets a lot out of the limited stuff they give him. And well, he's yeah, got like sort a f- of a weird take on it. I don't know if it's just naturally his, his personality or if he's making a choice. He, he but sort it of works. feels like an A student who's forced to be like, you know what I mean? Like it feels like he graduated John Jay, first of his class, criminal justice or whatever, you know, and then like is forced to be under a bunch of old dogs. Yeah, he like feels like on- an eager trainee yeah, who's get- like doesn't doesn't know when to bend the rules yet. Like it just yeah. he I like his vibe a lot. Yeah, he's yeah. Very good. Uh, also, in this uh, season, is that dude who's in like every Michael Mann movie, uh, Shabaka, the big dude. Love that guy. He's like the big, big eared, uh, pouty guy who's formerly of RH. He's in season four. He's formerly of RHD. Um, he's Santiago's like old partner. Right, oh, guys, right. we haven't talked about the Hollywood element of the previous season. Oh, with the producer? Yes. Oh, that was fucking God. great. That was oh, insane. God. Holy shit. Yeah, that's like the most fun storyline of all of them. Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> it's like a famous director producer guy who like Bosch knows committed um, you know, some horrible murder or something. Yes, but like he's but like, he's he's like in his you know, castle type mansion, like going on these monologues to people about like, I'm directing even Bosch himself. He's a character in my story and I'm creating the fabric of the tale that he's playing into. <laughs> Bosch, the perfect anti-hero who will succumb to his own hubris. <laughs> and just like to this table full of people who are like at dinner at his yeah. house. Right. <laughs> this is their impression of like what Hollywood people yeah. are like. Yeah, and this guy thinks he's above the law and supposedly it's what inspired Ronan Farrow to go after Harvey Weinstein is that season of Bosch <laughs> is taken. No, <laughs> wow. Like, this like, one's yeah. for Bosch. But it's it's interesting because it's like you know that the people who are making Bosch are actually involved in Hollywood and don't think this is what a director is like, but it is what Bosch, the character, would think a director is That's like? That's what I... And it is because it goes back to the dad stuff. Getting a this fucking show, nosebleed thinking about it. Yeah, I feel like... I forget. Maybe it was one of you guys. Maybe it was someone else. But described the show as four dads by dads. And it is like... The, oh, there's a big, strong dad element. It's always like sort of like how you can just six sense a situation. But this one reeks of the dad element too, where it's like, they're off doing their frou-frou Hollywood bullshit, right. you know, mm-hmm. got cops and robbers, real cops, real, like... When I turn well, on my, Bosch, yeah. I become a 60-year-old divorcee. Like, <laughs> I, like, it's the closest, uh, I, it's, I feel far closer watching Bosch to my dad than when I'm actually talking to my dad or in a room with him. I mean, he is, he is a retired cop, so... <laughs> right, that helps. All, yeah, he's a detective. So, so there is that element of it. And I would, he would, there would be like particular, he likes Bosch and there were particular cop shows that I would watch with him where he'd be like, the, the biggest memory I have of it is like watching The Shield and he would go like, I mean, there's guys that are really like this. Like, he'd go, he'd be like, this is kind of the realest one. Like, he's That's like, crazy. Yeah. The Shield, fuck dude, that is a great show. Yeah. 
That's but worth it's like a- so like <laughs> adrenaline, like fucked up. Just no, like it's like so mountain, out there. It's like Mountain Dew X like, Games. This is what villains. these are guys <laughs> like. It, but it's like, yeah, it, it's pretty nutso. And then I think he like that so much better than you know whatever a lot of like nypd blue and stuff like right. he was just like he liked all of it but that was the one where he was like i mean i haven't seen this done on tv like i've worked with guys like this that's crazy to have worked with a guy who's remotely like Vic yeah, Mackey. working with someone who's like bosh must be a nightmare and at least he's like trying to follow the law Vic Mackey is like just lining his pocket I think there's so many little and and bosh demonstrates some of this but there's so many little corners that get cut every day you know uh, what i yeah. mean what are like, his thoughts on like, the commission wow uh why yeah why do, do we I have, have do we have another do we have enough time are we gonna do two podcasts yeah, why I do i have we're... you guys here when i can have sean's dad in the room fucking laying down the law and talking to you about so video games fucking interesting <laughs> Dude, it would be such... well he could talk about D. oh shit now i gotta have your dad on the pod <laughs> i should get my dad on high and mighty it's wild man. a retired cop who plays D, and yeah. yeah i could uh <laughs> i just want to talk to our dad <laughs> Uh, my bro going back to like all the the like cliche things on on bosch that they just like crank out completely genuinely um that would my brother would start watching it and would just text me as he's watching just like someone just told bosch you look like shit, Bosh. <laughs> oh, yeah. You look like how I feel. Like, they just do it's all... Because it's, all... it's also... it's. I know it's a fucking overused word now, but, like, it's dad humor, yeah. too. Yeah. It's like da- it's so dad to the core. Well, Crate and Barrel, all their jokes are total, like, dad. Yeah. yeah. And I love... They make yeah. me laugh. Yeah. I mean, their yeah. names are Crate and Crate Barrel. Barrel. Mm-hmm. And they're really funny. Like the amount of shit, like how much they hate doing anything is yeah. really a funny element of the show. I really liked what they did with them in season four. They have the best plot. That line. was my favorite. The part. best B side yeah. plot line uh-huh. ever is in season four when they just, I don't know how far along you are. This might yeah, be a bit no, of a I know. Yeah, they just it's, accidentally yeah, solved yeah, there's the murder. A huge <laughs> ca- there's a huge case. They've been teasing out for, for multiple seasons. Yes. Yes. For years they've been building this case up and then it's like, I guess symbolic that it's completely solved by a total accident. They do no work and just right. do no work. Being right. the people I, with the, the dude ear. gets hit by a car, yeah. right? That's yes. what happens. Yes. He gets in a bike. Well, it's a weird commentary on LA that the bad guy rides a bike and LA is so not a bike city that he eventually dies because that's yeah, he just chosen. gets hit by a car. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they go, did well, we just solve the KTK? And come on. And that's a huge spoiler guys. That is a huge, because honestly, let's say I'm a high and mighty listener. Who's mm. a big Bosch fan. I mean, I might not be done with the most recent season yet. I feel like you talk about how seasons one, two, and three end. Okay. Right. We're going to talk about like the ninth episode of season four. I feel like that's rude. I feel like the- Well, you know what? That's me, man. You're a rude- Well, can I ask something? Why do you have to be so rude? I'm a rude boy. (laughs) Spoiler, man. You have like a tucked in performance where you're dressed like Bosch. That's I'm right. gonna send your ass to the Black Echo. So I have a. a speaking of being dressed like Bosch, I am wearing Bosch's. Um, uh, what I learned is like a sailor rope bracelet. Yeah, yeah. Because you can unwind that, and and now you got a, some line in case of an emergency. I guess so, and it must be because he was like a marine or whatever, right? Yeah. Like uh, if he says he's special forces. Most likely, that's Green Berets. That's yeah, that's Ameri- army. That's army. Right? Okay, yeah. well, it's interesting because doesn't because. It feels like the sailor rope bracelet, which is what he wears, yeah, has would some be connection to like a Navy thing yeah, or something. Submarines. But who knows? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, at one point, was at the dog park with my dog, Bosch, and Grace and I start talking to this older couple, and they and the guy was like, he's, he's probably you know 60 years old, just leans over, and he's like, what'd you say your dog's name was again? And we were like, Bosch. And he was like, and most people will go you know, like the washing machine or whatever, or they'll yeah, say, right. or they'll say, um, like, like my- Chris Bosch, or they'll say, as in Hieronymus, at which point I'll go, yes, but not the way you're asking. Um, but this guy was like, like the Amazon show. And I was like, not yeah. the books. And Perfect. he rolls up his sleeve and he goes, I got the bracelet. <laughs> 
And That's he was like, awesome. he was wearing the Bosch bracelet just out. And his wife was like, yeah, I found it for him. He loves it. And just like the, he was so into the show and so connected with Bosch that he had gone out and gotten the sailor rope really, bracelet and had like the exact one and was wearing it. It's really funny too, to be like, uh, Oh, Bosch, the TV show. Like, that means he skips not only, like, the books part. Like, mm-hmm. he's exactly the level of fan you are. But also, at the same time, what a... Of course, a 60-year-old what man who goes movie, to a dog yeah. bar. Yeah, of No, course. he was yeah. just like, holy shit, I love this show. How can I feel closer to right. it? Right. <laughs> I'm going to buy the bracelet that he wears in the show, which is sort of weirdly prominently featured. Yeah. It's I way mean, too... Because he wears, a he wears, like, Under Armour tight t-shirts. You know the, the moment where... He goes to hold hands with his daughter in the emotional scene. You see that she also wears the same yep. bracelet. <laughs> yeah, they haven't given the story on the bracelet yet. But that I makes... think it might be in the book somewhere. It's got to be. I'm sure it's in the books. Now, yeah. you probably made that guy's maybe maybe year, almost definitely six months. Like, that's probably the best thing that's happened to him in six months, that he got to show off. He's definitely with told reason. that story. Yeah. Yeah. He, his wife has said to him, enough with the dog park story at some point right mm-hmm. he's like that's how fun of a moment that was because well because you're saying i made his six months but he also in his version of the story blew my mind right and yeah. made my yeah. whole year yes. where he's like they had named their dog after so they're big fans little did they know they're essentially talking to bosh yeah <laughs> yeah you blew like he, uh, it's beautiful everybody feels it's beautiful good. Wait, it's I mean, one of those feel, moments yeah. you'll never get over so what's bosh's real first first name it's his name is Harry Bosch, but he's named after he's named after Hieronymus Bosch, the painter. Yes, and so um, yeah, his his name is Hieronymus. Everybody calls him Harry on the show. <laughs> it's like so funny. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of people I mean, again, will go I mean, like like Hieronymus the- Bosch, and and I can just tell sometimes right. that they mean the painter. And, and it's like, smart because now of. you can you name your dog Bosch, but you can name your son Hieronymus. Yeah, and you that kept way Hieronymus I get kind for your of son. <laughs> yes. I'm going with J. Edgar for my kid. For your kid, J. Edgar. <laughs> J. Mine's going to be called Crate. Crate <laughs> Rogers. Crate mm. <laughs> Rogers does sound like a jobber wrestler, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Crate Rogers is definitely a like budding superhero. He like gets powers, Crate yeah, Rogers. Yeah, it's definitely a fucking like, uh, we just got this guy from the TWG Wrestling League. <laughs> Um, any any closing thoughts on Bosch? We, we know we're getting another season, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't imagine a world without it's, it. It's interesting because the seasons are, I think, frequently based on a combination of two of the books. Yes. Like, that's how they'll sort of, like, uh. put the plot line together. Um, and so then when I go to read the books, I'm doing a couple things where I'm, like, trying to avoid reading the ones that I've already watched the TV show of. Oh, that makes sense. And I'm also, sometimes there's like a book that is like one of the bigger Bosch books and I go, they're for sure going to do this next mm. season. Right. So you don't want to necessarily know. Well, because I don't want to be watching it and be like, well, I already know what happened. Because I do get, I mean, you, like, you do know what happens for the most part, but you don't know how he's going to put it together. There's 30 plus Bosch books, right? Way more. Oh, there's yeah. a ton. Yeah. There's they're a ton. like Grisham level. And the like more that. recent ones, actually, like he's, he's working cold cases um, he's gotten new partners like Jay. He, so you're totally safe. And on he's met those. the Lincoln lawyer before too, which I'm kind of interested. Yes, in. that's right. Oh, uh, is, is that he, also? Yes, his brother is the Lincoln lawyer. Like, I don't think they know that, but the Lincoln lawyers, uh, you know, Michael Connolly books. Yeah. And, um, and his name is Mickey, I think. And he is Bosch's like biological brother. Really? I believe so. That's or like half brother. Okay. That's crazy. Same prostitute mother. Um, or same Saint dad. John dad, father. Uh, I, yes, I, be, I guess they have the same mom, and they just got put in separate orphanages. Are they orphanages both orphans? Or wow, oh, I gotta look awesome. that up. We yes, gotta, I, I think they are both. Orphans. I might. I uh, again another topic we should maybe do another podcast about. But I'm knee deep in re-listening to uh, the first Law series. Yeah, but I think the Bosch books are going to be my like summer go to, my sauna read. If They're you will. really fun, and he does do like turn by turn directions through Los Angeles in some of the books, <laughs> oh which God. is like really fun. You and show, then, like, I think you showed me a passage about birds once. <laughs> yeah, like, he's like, and then the one I <laughs> just read was like. Um, 
he was like working a cold case of someone who had been murdered like during the riots. Oh, wow. And so he's having like memories of when he was like a beat cop working the riot control forces and like where he was. And then also like putting together these pieces from like a 20 year old case. Oh, that's cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I will check that out. I will check. And, uh, I just black out. <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> That's how the episode's yeah. going to end. Fox <laughs> Gabriel's a stroke. <laughs> Finally, three podcasts in one day, we'll do it to you. Uh, Rogers, do you have any parting uh, Bosch thoughts? Nah. nah. Okay. Well, where where can uh, High and Mighty listen? First of all, High and Mighty listeners, watch Bosch and get back to us. All right. Let us know what you're thinking about Bosch. It's a fun there. show. Watch it without judgment. I feel like I have talked to people who are like, oh, you like that? I think you can be a little like, hoity-toity or whatever about it because it is like it is uh it it does do a lot of cliches and it's not sort of aspiring to be like the wire or like real like high art you do have to put your phone away you got to put your phone away you got to give yourself over to the speed of the show yeah Mm -hmm. and it's a weird because it's a weird speed in Mm -hmm. a good way yeah, and, the and pacing like a, is different from most shows. Yeah. Because, because it's sort of like a Law & Order episode, like you said, but it also is, is eight a hours. full season-long <laughs> yeah. story. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's like an eight-hour Law & Order episode. It moves, but uh, I think you're right. And I think it's a procedural that is gritty rather than castle or the mental. Right? Like mm-hmm. That's the only thing is that mm-hmm. it's like they play it for reality a yeah. little bit. But in this reality, we still get to have like a cowboy cop who's a total badass and yeah. five foot one. And <laughs> but also, Titus Oliver fucking does a hell of he a rocks. job. His eyebrows are awesome. I love him. <laughs> he's so tan for a cop who seems to work twenty four hours a day nonstop. Yeah, it's sunny uh, here. In it, hey, I noticed that now. Would you say Los Angeles is a uh, character in this show? Yeah, I mean, I think you could also argue it's kind of a love letter to Los Angeles. Wow. I didn't even think of that. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting look at it. <laughs> um, Rogers, where can people find you online? Or do you have any podcasts you want to promote? Uh, you can't really find me online. Um, but I mean, besides like CIA databases. <laughs> yeah, if you're like a Chinese hacker, you probably can. Um, or, you know, who knows who's Asian hacking who. hacker. Who, yeah, I mean, maybe it's, a rush, maybe it's just some fat guy. Maybe yeah. fat guys fat guy. in basements hacking Rogers accounts. You probably are aware that I do a, 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 an Action Boys podcast with Gabrus. If you're listening to this, if you don't, go back on the High and Mighty feed, listen to a few Action Boys episodes. You know, don't even listen. Just go to patreon.com slash Action Boys and pay money and join. Don't I'm a subscriber. Oh, we got a fucking. F- yeah. We <laughs> got, not a listener, a subscriber. <laughs> no. <laughs> so. Uh, Truly just a patron, like mm-hmm. <laughs> taking hooking up your friends with a few bucks. Mm-hmm. Can't complain. Uh, if you're an, uh, under the Earwolf paywall, I I did a, a podcast with Sean. You can listen to that. Hollywood Masterclass Season 2 coming mm-hmm. out at some point. Stitcher Premium, yeah. uh, promo code TV for a free month. They're in of, the books. <laughs> Stitcher Premium, uh, yeah, or promo code The, the Boys, boys? <laughs> maybe. You don't know, you're not positive. Um, I don't know. It might be handbook because it might be like grandfathered in from when our code was handbook. But, but either way, you know, try them all. Um, what about what about you, Clem Dog? Well, uh, please listen to Hollywood Handbook over at Earwolf uh, and um, Hollywood Handbook Pro version, uh, behind which is the behind paywall the paywall. Stitcher. Get back there and start listening. You can get Masterclass. You can get uh, the Layman Podcast, and also Raised by TV episodes early if you want to three for. Mm. If you like this conversation so much that you want to pursue all of our behind the paywall fronts, you could do that with mm. just one purchase at Stitcher Premium. Yeah, and then uh, I guess. Uh, um, oh, I'm doing some really great stuff on Twitter lately. Uh, it's at Sean that. Clements, and I'm just I do hitting actually, my stride. I do actually want to say it's weird that you are doing Twitter now. Are that you just I've have, been engaging more yeah, lately. Yeah, yeah, I'm unemployed. <laughs> You're like, I need a job. <laughs> I'm looking at it all the time. I'm just like, what am I doing? You can always tell when I'm stoned as fuck because uh, that's when I have four tweets and three retweets of some other joke. And I'm like, why did I retweet this joke? It's hardly good. <laughs> and I just really laughed at it in the moment and wanted to give it up. And now I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so you're at uh, what, what's your Twitter handle again? I'm sorry. Oh, it's at Sean Clements. At Sean Clements. At Ben underscore Rogers. I don't uh, use it. I, mean, I know. 
uh, at Gabriel. Follow at Action Boys Pod. Uh, no, follow me. Follow. I'd love to get some follows. Um, I'm never gonna. I mean, I'd love to poke up in your feed in like seven months. <laughs> Hi, this is Ben's friend Sean. Has anyone seen Ben <laughs> tweeting from his account? <laughs> He only has one tweet in the last six months, and it's like, hi, this is Ben's family. <laughs> we found his phone next to a hole in the desert. Uh, <laughs> just going on a long drive. Um, Guys, check out Bosch. I'm at Gabrus on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, congrats on that, man. Hey, man, that was a big a get long for me. fight. Been a long fight, yeah. Gabria Ganelli, who joined in April 2005, fucking, or 2008 or something like that. She fucked me, but now I win. Um. Cool, all right? Pretty intense. Listen to Action Boys. Listen to Raised by TV. Watch Bosch. Bye, shitheads. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>